0: What should the Cowboys expect from Sam Williams during his rookie season? And can Dante Fowler return to his Pro Bowl form? All that and more this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your lock, daily Dallas Cowboys lock, podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast lock, Network, your lock, team every lock, day. Lock, lock, on. Lock, lock, locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing well. I was getting a nice big sip of coffee because we have a lot of defensive ends to talk about today. So I'm excited to get to it. And this is a position that's clearly in some kind of transition. So there's there's a lot of exciting stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, we are less than a month away from the Cowboys kicking off training camp uh, out in Oxnard. Should be a lot of fun. So we're going to continue previewing these positions. Today we're talking about edge rushers. And there's a lot of them. We're going to start with this at the very top, though, and uh, we're actually going to spend some of our show later this week talking about Micah Parsons as a linebacker, but he certainly factors it factors into this pass rush. But uh, really quickly, how much better could Micah Parsons be as an edge rusher in twenty twenty two? it's really interesting proposition. I don't
1: want to get too much into it, but I think that there's things that, you know, posing and, uh, you know, proving him that are going to make him either better or worse. I think teams are going to be more prepared for him. He's going to get a lot more attention. He's, they've talked about it. They're going to, he's going to get attention as a big, as a a small. So that'll change the protections and the schemes that they'll use against him. Then again, he will also be a much more developed pass rush. He didn't take a lot of time to kind of learn the position. So, uh, it's it's interesting to see kind of all of that plus you know a sophomore jump and how that all fits in i think he obviously can be better uh the question is does that happen immediately or does he kind of take maybe a step back as he's being kind of adjusted to league wide and, and the protection yep. so it'll be interesting to see
0: yeah uh, again we're going to talk about parson's later on this week so make sure you guys tune in for that but let's talk about the rest of the defensive ends on yeah. the roster and let's start with the the biggest or the the biggest name one right demarcus lawrence who the Cowboys uh, agreed to a three-year extension with this offseason. I believe this is his – is this the ninth year of his career? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, Something like – it's kind of incredible. But DeMarcus Lawrence going into his age 30 season, uh, coming off a season where he broke his foot between weeks one and two, what can we expect from him this year? Because if you just were to look at the stack totals, five in 2019 – six and a half in 2020, three last year, you might think this is a, a really, you know, a declining player. But is that the truth? No, I don't think, it, you know, on, on a per snap basis, it is the truth. I think
1: he's still playing at an incredibly high level. Uh, he just didn't play a ton of snaps, you know, and be, be, whether it's because of back stuff he's had in the past and, you know, kind of compounding things or just fluky injuries like he had with this foot injury. Um, I think that there has been times when he's been off the field, and I think that has obviously had an effect on his you know, total output number. And I think that that kind of is what, unfortunately, forms the opinion for a lot of the vast majority of people that watch football is they kind of just box score scout. But if you watch what he's doing on a per-snap basis, he's incredibly disruptive. He's still one of the most disruptive players in the NFL. Uh, I think especially in the run game, he is probably maybe – Maybe the best run defender in well, football. I, I mean, according to like, Pro
0: Football Focus last year, he was the best run defender in in the NFL uh, when it comes to edges. And in fact, it really wasn't even close. There was only yeah. five edge rushers last year that had a grade of eighty or better stopping the run. The Marcus Lawrence was the only player above eighty eight point two. He had a grade of ninety two point five. Absolutely dominant. Like if you go look at like his run stop rate and the yeah. number of number of stops that he has or tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's like off the charts good as a run defender. And I know people are saying you don't pay a guy a lot of money to be a run defender, but he's a really good pass rusher who just yeah. happens to be the best run stopping edge rusher in the league.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, let's again, uh, I know people are, are kind of have a tendency to kind of you know, box score scout situations like this. It's, it's tough to try to determine, uh, uh, production of the defensive line position if you don't know necessarily what you're looking at but this is a guy who c- constantly had you know blocking schemes tilting towards him the teams were still respecting him he still was winning at key moments he has the ability uh, uh to win with skill and, and not you know necessarily require uh the kind of elite athleticism that you know some of these other passersers win with so uh, i think that that's something that's going to continue to kind of uh work with him, work for him as he continues to get older. Now, the key thing with DeMarcus Lawrence is being on the field, is being healthy. Uh, if he's on the field and he's healthy, I think you've got an incredibly productive, one of your best defenders on the team, one of your best players on the team. Yep. If if he's, you know, kind of on and off due to with injuries, uh, then, you know, you, obviously you, you just don't get nearly as many snaps as, as, as you would normally. I mean, I, I think if you look at the snap counts, uh, that's the thing that that's where he can improve. That's where he can get better this year is if he's just I, on the field, more, you know,
0: I, I've got him right here. So this is last year. So the first game, so first game of the season against Tampa Bay played 66% of the snaps, uh, the rest of the way, 53% in his first game back against the saints, 69 against Washington, 63 against the giants, 42 against Washington, 66 against Arizona, 39 against Philly, and then 75% against the 49ers. I think the ideal number for him is probably right around sixty percent sixty five percent I don't think the cowboys want to get into a situation like they were in twenty nineteen twenty seventy or twenty twenty nineteen and twenty twenty where he was playing seventy two seventy seven percent of the snaps
1: yeah, I think that's the key—keeping his count down. I mean, you just don't need him out on that many snaps throughout the year. It's 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 time to kind of rotate him in when you need him the most, and having him there for key situations and key games—that's super important. So, one of the things we'll talk about as we go on through this is that the, he, the Cowboys have incredible depth here. I mean, you can say what you want about you know the, the second and third pass rushers. We'll figure out exactly uh, how how well that will be solved. But I think as far as depth goes, as far as number of folks that you can confidently throw out there to play snaps, I think the Cowboys are in a good situation.
0: Yeah, I still think Demarcus Lawrence is – I don't know if he's a top five edge Rusher anymore like he was maybe a little bit earlier in his career. But, man, you'd be hard-pressed to find 10, 12 guys that are better than him all around when he's on the field. I mean, I went back and watched his snaps uh, against – Washington, the first Washington game, and he was unbelievable. So, if he can stay healthy, the Cowboys will have one of the more disruptive players in the league.
1: Real quick, the the you know the talk about you know Michael Parsons and the uh, increased attention that could be a huge boon for Demarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he Marcus Lawrence was the one dictating the predictions last year. If the onus starts shifting over to Mike Parsons, I mean, as it absolutely should, the Marcus Lawrence is the person who could be the biggest beneficiary of that.
0: Yeah. Marcus Lawrence, a, a sneaky bet to win Defensive Player of the Year. I actually think you could have a really nice season. If you want to bet on that, go ahead and uh, check out betonline.net. It is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, which actually just wrapped up. Uh, we've got Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's uh, run through some of these other pass rushers for the Cowboys. Let's start with Dante Fowler, who the Cowboys signed early on in free agency. They gave a one-year deal to. Not a lot of money, but this is somebody that Dan Quinn recruited when he was at Atlanta Uh, was very productive with the the Rams for a while. What are you expecting from Dante Fowler this year with the Cowboys?
1: Yeah, actually, Quinn recruited him when he was at Florida. You know, coming out of high school, that's how long these two have had a relationship with each other. So, um, you, you know, I think this is a situation where when Randy Gregory's uh, contract situation fell through, Fowler was available. He was a guy that obviously Quinn was comfortable and familiar with. He was a guy that you could thought. I mean. The, The idea was never that Dante Fowler was a replacement for Randy Gregory. It was that, you know, okay, Gregory's not here. We're going to need to use up some of these snaps. We'll probably redistribute some more to to Parsons. Uh, But we also need another body in here to kind of rotate. Because before, you know, I to remember that this was before the draft. So they didn't know that Sam Williams was coming in either. So Mm. um, they they go out and they get Fowler as kind of a guy that is a a stopgap, at the very least, a a solution for what they want to do. Um, and then, you know, with the, the, the hope that uh, someone like Williams can develop, someone like Golson can take a step um, and make Fowler kind of obsolete. Uh, or, you know, the other the other way that this could work out is that Fowler kind of finds finds a natural uh, fountain of youth. And, and it goes back to, I don't know, like, was it two years ago that he had like 10 sacks for the for the Rams? So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, I think these are things the, the, the issue with Fowler has been consistency. That about finding consistency d- down and down out. Um, you know, you you hope that maybe being part of a rotation and not being kind of the onus of the pass rusher. I think that's been the issue with Fowler almost his whole career is that he's usually been the best, you know, defensive end on his team when he's been there. And that's not always the best. That's not Fowler is not exactly like the guy that you want as your best defensive end on your team. Correct. Right. Yes. Like he's, he's, he's he wants he's a guy you want as part of a rotation. So you know, this could be a situation that could really work out well for the Cowboys because it could be that Fowler is finally kind of in a spot that fits his skill set. Uh, but he's also, you know, he's not being paid so much that you can't get rid of him if someone younger takes a spot. Uh, he's 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 in a situation where he's going to have to earn his place on this team. Uh, I mean, I think that that puts the Cowboys in a good spot to... Uh, have a guy that is uh, you know, going to have to earn his spot, work for his spot, not just you know, be given. So that just promotes more competition, which I think is good for this team.
0: All right, so this is a new idea that I've been just kind of thinking about the last couple of days. But I think there's a couple different types of edge rushers. There's creators and there's finishers, right? I feel like Demarcus Lawrence is a creator, right? He creates chaos and havoc on the defensive line, which ultimately leads to other players getting the sacks or other players making plays, right? Fowler is at his best when he is finishing sacks, right? And you saw that with the Rams, right? When he had Aaron Donald that was creating, you know, just pressure up front. Fowler was really good at turning that pressure in front of him or next to him into sacks. I think he gets into trouble a little bit when it's, Hey, we just need you to win every single rep or we, we need you to win by yourself one-on-one. I, I, I think his game is more built on athleticism and effort and hustle and if he can just be around the quarterback and near the quarterback, I think he's going to kind of luck himself into it. Luck is the wrong word, but he's going to have seven or eight sacks just because other guys in the defensive line are creating opportunities.
1: You know, he's got explosion, but he doesn't have like the, that ton of power. I, I think is what it is, is that he's good when he's being one on one block. Like he, I think he can consistently win in certain ways when he's being one on one. When you give him any kind of extra attention, because he's the the number one target in the defensive line, right? That's he just he doesn't have the ability to overcome that, and and he gets neutralized by double teams. He gets neutralized by a chip. Uh, I think you're right. I think if he's on the, the backside of the protection scheme and, and, and he's just allowed to work against a tackle while uh, someone else is being the focus of attention on the other side, I think he's going to more likely to have more success than he yes. has previously. So uh, I'm excited to see him in that context. Uh, but it's but again, you know, what, one thing we've seen from him is, is inconsistency. So we got to see if he's going to get those opportunities. Uh, you know, there's opportunities to be the one to get one on one blocking, not necessarily be the focus of the, of the pass protection scheme. He's got to win, he's got to yep. be more consistent. So, that's what the Cowboys are going to look for in training camp.
0: All right, let's talk about another uh, defensive end that I actually think is probably going to play significantly more snaps than Dante Fowler, and that's Doran Armstrong, who feels a little bit like yeah. the forgotten man on this Cowboys defensive line. The Cowboys did give him a contract extension. He did have the best season of his career last year, five sacks, uh, 12 quarterback hits before this, Landon, in the first three years of his career, yeah. eight combined quarterback hits. He had 12 last year. And by the end of the season, he was a pretty – Decent pass rusher. Uh, last six games of the season, 20 pressures uh, against Philadelphia in week 18, eight pressures on 30 snaps. What can we expect from Doris Armstrong, who going into year five, only 22 years old? That's it's a joke. We, we joke about his age all the time. Uh, he's still only 25, which is kind of incredible. But what can we expect from him?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, I think he had four sacks in the last five games. So. Uh, He really started to come on there at the end of the year as he started to get more snaps. I mean, I just think he's an ascending player. We've been – unfortunately, we've been saying it for a while now, but he's still he's still just incredibly young. I mean, he's still uh, almost as young as some of these guys coming out of of, of, of the draft. He's like
0: like seven months uh, older than Sam Williams.
1: Yeah, and and he's been in the league for four years. So this will be his fifth year. So um, I think that shows you just kind of like what you got. the Cowboys, and he's been able to develop him, and, and I think the thought process, the hope, is that you know you really started to see it. The issue with Armstrong is that he's always been that classic: you see it in training camp, you don't see it uh, in the regular season. Last year was the first year that we actually started to see it on uh, on the field in regular season. It wasn't just that he you know was getting sacks randomly. He was making plays from time to time. I think he he did. He also, on special teams as well, didn't he have a block yep. pun? I think yep. so. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of showed that he had, okay, like he was able to take this a little bit more into the regular season. Now we're looking for more, even for even more of that. I, I mean, I think the, you know, the, 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 Thing that everyone would love to see is that he takes a huge step and becomes a guy who can give you I don't know seven or eight sacks as on a consistent basis as like maybe a third defensive end or part of a rotation. I mean, essentially he will be probably the starter for the, for a while. I mean, uh, just in the sense that he may be the first defensive end out there. But I, I think the idea is that there's going to be heavy rotation, uh, you know, between all these guys, and that's why you have these numbers. I mean, if you look at the snap counts between him and then another guy that we'll talk about. Uh, here in a second in uh, in, in, uh Tons- in Tons- Basham. Well, Terrell yeah, okay. Basham is what I meant. Uh, okay. a, Between those two guys, I think they took something like 1,200 of the defensive end snaps last year. Um, so you're going to want to try to rotate some of those snaps out away from – I love Terrell Basham. We'll talk about him in a second. But he had 650 snaps last year. Uh, and, and and we would love to kind of portion those out to someone like uh, – more to Armstrong who missed some time because of in- injury – more to Lawrence because obviously he missed some time, um, you know. More to Golson. So, uh, but I also think you know, going back to Armstrong, I, I think he's a guy that has earned a spot uh, as kind of, you know, not the 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 focus obviously because you have Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Sam Williams, but I think as a guy that is going to take some uh, deference from this team and will will have an, lots more opportunity moving forward than he did last few
0: years. I think another reason, just really quickly, why I thought Dorrance Armstrong improved is he just got to play more. You look at like the yeah. second half of the season. Here's his percentage of the defensive snaps uh, from week 10 on uh, 66%, 71%, 73%, 43, 54, 55, 51, 70. He was just on the field more. And how do you get better in this league? You've got to play. And when you're a 24 year old that didn't get to play the first, a lot in the first couple years of his career, It's not really a surprise that he started to play better by the end of the season. So I expect him to play far more than the 500 snaps that we saw last year. I expect him to basically play starter snaps opposite of DeMarcus Lawrence. Now, I don't necessarily think he's a right defensive end, but they're going to find ways to get all these guys on the field. So don't worry too much about that. Let's talk about some of the other defensive ends on the roster. We've got quite a few to go through, Uh, but Terrell Basham. He's the other vet on this team. Uh, Played pretty well this first year with the Cowboys. What do you expect from him this year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think with Basham, he's just a very incredibly consistent player. He's going to give you solid run snaps. He's going to give you some pass rush. It's not going to be a ton, but you can throw him out there, and he's going to uh, hold, hold the edge. He's going to... Uh, push the pocket a little bit. He's he's not going to be a guy that again that if you <laughs> if he's your number one pass rusher, you're in serious trouble.
0: Yes. Uh, but if
1: he's a guy that you know you need to throw out there to give you a couple pass rushes because the rest of you guys are gassed, you could do worse for sure. Yep. That as a as a fourth defensive end or wherever his spot is. So uh, I think the idea is probably to get Basham a few less uh, snaps this year. Uh, But maybe, you know, what they do instead is kind of, you know, I think he had something like 20 snaps, you know, as a three technique. Maybe they do a little bit more of that in some pass rush situations, move him around a little bit more. He's just a valuable piece to have as like kind of a fourth defensive end. I
0: I think his right role is like 20 to 25 snaps as kind of the rotational guy. Where they got in trouble was when he was playing like 55 60 snaps in a game. That's just too many for him. He's, he's going to get exposed in that part, but 20 to 25 snaps as a rotational guy come in, play some short yard stuff. I think that's kind of his ultimate role with this team. One way his snaps could get reduced though, is if Chauncey Golston takes a step. Uh, Chauncey Golston was a third round pick by the Cowboys. One of these bigger defensive ends, yeah. uh, really a, you know, Ed setting player, uh, Going into year two, we've heard some you know rumblings and rumors that his body's changed. He's balked up a little bit. He's playing more three technique. Well, what do you expect from Golston here in year two?
1: His body change made it sound like he was going through puberty. Well, but his voice his voice a dropped got, a little kind of bit too, once they
0: get to the NFL, right? Like uh, their body's hey. just completely changed from year one to year two.
1: CD Lamb grew an inch, guys. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know with Golston, you know he. Uh, they have clearly kind of lined him up for this left defensive end kick inside to, to pass rush kind of role uh, that we've seen that they really love. You know, it's just as it's a versatile player. I mean, look, this is a defense that's going to play a lot of different fronts, and I think uh, there's a couple of these guys that they have on this team, especially inside, that are kind of multiple in the way that what alignments they can line up in. I think that that uh, that Golson is the guy that is the most dynamic of those kind of moving inside and outside guys, right? Like he's the guy who I feel like could be the most uh, uh, dynamic of the, of the kind of versatile down roster pieces. Mm. We've just seen, you know, he's a, he's a young player. He's you know, obviously developed a lot from what it sounds like just based on the rumblings. Uh, he's bulked up, he's gotten stronger. I, I I could easily see him being kind of, push towards the, uh, not the, not the immediate replacement, but the future replacement of Demarcus Lawrence at left defensive end. But I do think that he will get, and we talked about it when we talked about interior defensive linemen, I do think that he will get opportunities as a pass rusher inside as well. So I think, you know, his role is going to be, they plug him in wherever they need him, probably mostly specific on the left side, I mean, I think he will take snaps, you know, as a three technique. I mean, we saw him take snaps as a one at different points last year. So I just think that, you know, there's a we have a couple of these guys on this team that are kind of those, you know, zero to five technique type folks who can play kind of all up and down the line. I think Golston is the defensive end version of that. And on top of that, I think he's probably the most – Dynamic, you know, explosive. Uh, not that he is very explosive, but I think of those type of players, he's the guy that you feel like could get you something on third down if you needed a, a sack on when he gets a one-on-one situation. Yep. You just, he, he's, he, you know, he talked about creators and finishers, right? I think he's a guy who can win late in snaps through hard hard work through effort. He's a finisher. Uh, if someone else can create for him, so I think valuable pieces like Golson. He'll have an increased number of snaps, again, a guy that will likely take away uh, from that high percentage of Terrell Basham snaps that we saw last year.
0: I think that Golston, he's eventually going to replace Terrell Basham. And you mentioned DeMarcus Lawrence. I think that's like ideally, like if he hits a Uh, ceiling down the road, he does that. But for me, like if he can beat out Basham this year or next year, that's a win for the Cowboys, right? Yeah. I got a feeling that the Cowboys are going to be patient here and they're going to give Basham one more year. But if Golston is awesome in camp and they just say, hey, we can move on from Terrell Basham, we can save $2 million and we can give more snaps to a young guy on a rookie contract, we'll do it. Um, but we'll see. I, there was times last year where Golston played well. Like he had – I'm looking yeah. at it now. He had three games with – or sorry, excuse me, four games with three or more pressures and that's pretty surprising considering he didn't play at all the first couple of weeks of the season because he had an injury. I don't believe he did anything in training camp or anything during the preseason. And he comes in and has a couple of games where he's productive. I can't wait to see what he looks like in year two.
1: Yeah, he was one another one of those guys we didn't get to see very much in training camp, so we just kind think of he got hurt well, early. Yeah, and, and the thing is is that with you know with with rookies who get hurt hurt, hurt early, especially on defense, it just feels like they really struggle to kind of find their way back on the field and get snaps if they didn't get a training camp. So kudos to Golson to be able to do that. I mean, he's clearly a very mature, uh, 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 serious guy, and that was one of the things they really liked about him. Um, So that's not surprising that he had an incredible offseason because it seems very important to him. So I'm excited to see exactly what we get from him in training camp.
0: Yeah, we had a stretch last year starting in week 10 where he went three pressures, three pressures, four pressures. And then it feels like he had a little bit of a rookie wall, whether that's, you know, he battled so hard to come back from his injury. Yep. Uh, the next three games, zero, zero, one, zero pressure. So yep. you're hoping that with some better conditioning, being able to stay healthy, you know, kind of changing his body, he's more productive. But at least we saw it in flashes of him being able to make plays. He needs to improve some of his run fits because I think he jumped inside a little bit too often yeah, last year and yeah. cause some big runs, but I am hopeful for him kind of going into the future. Uh, one more player that we should mention, the Cowboys second round pick, Sam Williams. We've talked about him a bunch since the Cowboys have drafted him. We talked about him a lot in the pre-draft process, but now that we are t- kind of talking about this edge group as a whole, how do you think he factors in this season?
1: He's the X factor. I mean, you know, Parsons is a, to a large degree. And, you know, like I said, we're going to talk about him when we talk about linebackers. But, you know, I, I just I think him and Parsons are the unknown and really the the boom of this class. Right. We, we kind of we know what we're getting out of DeMarcus Lawrence. We, we kind of have an idea of what we're getting out of Chauncey Wilson. Uh Dante Fowler, you know there's inconsistency there but i think we have a good idea of what the ceiling and floor is of dante yes. fowler right i think i think parsons is kind of a huge spectrum of possibility you know i think but i also think sam williams is as well i think he's a guy that didn't have a lot of experience still doesn't have a ton of football experience you know playing the position or playing football in general mm-hmm. Um, But was still, I'm pretty sure he was was defensive player of the year in the SEC last year. I mean, that just shows you the kind of athleticism and talent. And look, the reason he was drafted where he was wasn't because of his production or athletic skill necessarily. It was because of some off-field stuff that the Cowboys Mm -hmm. feel like they've got their hands around. So um, I, I think that there's some excitement here. Obviously, he is a rookie, so there can't be a ton to be expected of a rookie pass rusher. But I think it again. The Cowboys have promoted a very healthy atmosphere here. No, no one person is being relied on too much outside of Demarcus Lawrence and Parsons, who you feel like you can rely on. So mm-hmm. the rest of these guys are going to get opportunities, but not while, while risking you know uh, uh, you know throwing fifty snaps at any one of these guys and, and finding out that they're bad. If, if you know if Sam Williams isn't cutting it early in the season, don't play him. Pull him out and let Fowler take his snaps until yep. he's ready. If Fowler's no good, pull him out. Let Williams take his snaps or let Basher take his snaps. So I think that they're they've got contingency plans for all these guys being good and bad. Uh and I think for for Sam Williams, he is the the real upside for this defensive line because he's just such an unknown. If he's able to come in and, and be productive early on, man, suddenly you've got a really, really scary pass rush developed.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think the Cowboys are gonna force him on the field, but I, I think I think there's a good chance he just earned snaps because he's the most athletic front seven player they have outside of Marcus Parsons. And if he can just be around the football and he could play hard all the time, we'll see. We should also remember this is somebody that Dan Quinn handpicked, right? Like Dan Quinn basically got one pick in the first few rounds of this draft and it was Sam Quinn or Sam Williams. And that's the guy that he wanted. So I think they're going to look for opportunities and ways to get him on the field uh, so we'll see. I, I I don't think the Cowboys are banking on him or counting on him, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he outplays Dante Fowler, he outplays Terrell Basham, and all of a sudden on a thir- key third and seven against Green Bay, he's on the field and those guys are not.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, I just think that, that, that you just don't know what these guys – I think that's the key thing is you can't rely on it, but you, you also can't pro- – you have to be prepared for success. And if Sam Williams suddenly becomes a good player, you need to have a plan for him and, and how to use him. So uh, that's where I'm hoping the Cowboys are trending with him.
0: Just want to mention two more names at the bottom of the roster. These are guys that are probably fighting for practice squad spots, but Mika Tufua uh, from Utah, who we, actually, we spent a lot of time talking about on an earlier show uh, when we were going through some UDFA rankings Small, undersized pass rusher with not a lot of athleticism, but does have a lot of production at Utah. Keep an eye on him. Basically, what do you want to say? Like a a poor man's version of Bradley and I?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I Anais is the guy that keeps, you know, coming up in my head whenever I think about him. And I, I think it's a fair comparison. Uh, but I think he's also not quite Bradley and I, to be honest.
0: Yeah. I agree uh the other one is big cat Bryant who uh, actually came from Auburn uh transferred to UCF last UCF, year yeah. yeah very productive 13 tackles for the loss, 6 sacks. just kind of a weird body 6'5", five yeah. 240 not super athletic but hey you never know the, a guy named big cat why not
1: you know he's long-levered um he's you know like big frame yeah he's not super explosive but I, again I think this is a this is a defensive front that likes to play, you know, a whole bunch of alignments, a whole bunch of different uh, uh you know, assignments. Maybe this is a guy that, you know, that you, you throw on a practice squad for a couple of years and then he becomes a valuable down roster kind of rotational piece. Who knows. That but yeah. that's kind of what you're hoping for for someone. Like yeah, this. who knows.
0: We'll see. Uh, probably fighting for a practice squad spot, yeah, but guys yeah. do have some depth here? One person that, you know, they've got a superstar Michael Parsons, they've got a former pro bowler and the- Florence is still really effective when he's on the field. And then a lot of other options, some players with big draft pedigrees, and Don Fowler guys with fantastic athleticism with Sam Williams. And then, you know, big time producers in college, like Terrell Basham, like Chauncey Goldstum. So a lot of potential solutions here for the Cowboys. Uh, all right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We want to thank you for making locked on Cowboys. Your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an off season doesn't equal a break in the action. Uh, you guys can download the Locked On Cowboys podcast as long as uh, along with the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys on Twitter. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys right back here on Tuesday. Bye, everybody.